You're listening to episode seven of the Feed You podcast. Welcome to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Feed You podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm Elisa Connor, and I have an extra special treat for you today as I have another guest interview. I am lucky enough to have had the opportunity to sit down with my friend and cohort, Kevin Knebel. If you don't know of Kevin, you can't. I can't wait for you to meet him and to be able to introduce you to him. Kevin's an expert, not only in LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook marketing, but he also happens to be really great at creating relationships and teaching others to cultivate communication and creating relationships through social media. So I had the opportunity to sit down with Kevin and he has told us a funny little story about how he met his wife. So that'll be uh, something for you to look forward to as the interview starts. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, what who Kevin is and what he does in his spare time when he's not being interviewed for my podcast. So Kevin is not only an international speaker, but he's also an author, a trainer, and a coach whose clients include individual and small businesses, as well as medium and Fortune 500 companies. Many larger companies actually hire him to come and train their employees. He's in demand as a leading authority on social selling, relationship marketing, LinkedIn, and Twitter. He offers a healthy dose of inspiration, transformational insight, and humor blended in for conferences, conventions, company trainings, and many other events. His background includes an outstanding career in sales, including being top salesperson at a consulting company in over 15 countries, including over 300 salespeople. He also co-authored The Social Media Sales Revolution, The New Rules for Finding Customers, Building Relationships, and Closing More Sales Through Online Networking. Since 2004, he has trained hundreds of organizations and tens of thousands of professionals on the most profitable uses of LinkedIn, social selling, and relationship marketing. So help me welcome Kevin to the show. I have the pleasure of having Kevin Knebel with me today on the Feed You podcast. I am so excited to hear Kevin. I have followed Kevin for a long time and I am really excited to have you here. He is a guru on LinkedIn and I would love for you to tell my audience a little bit about you and how you got here. Well, thank you, Elisa. It's great to be here. And hey, folks, um, on the days that I'm not on a stage or an airplane, I look kind of shaggy and disheveled. So you're seeing the scruffy baseball hat, go Broncos, Kevin Knebel today. So um, if you ever see me on a stage, I'll be in a suit. I'm I'm often referred to as a hippie in a suit. So um, thank you for having me here, Alisa. It's an honor and we're going to have a ball in this conversation. So here's the quick backstory on Kevin Knebel. I'm originally from New Jersey, where they pretty much eat their young. But when you say New Jersey, a lot of people think, oh, you're a city boy. But no, I grew up in the country, actually. There actually is country in New Jersey. It's not all Tony Soprano and Snooky. I grew up in a town that was far more cows and horses than uh, sidewalks. But, you know, people out west don't necessarily believe that, but it's true. What I used to do for a living many years ago was I used to be a piano player in the New York City area, completely different line of work than what I do now. 
And what happened was I was a piano player and then I met my wife when she booked me to play the piano at her wedding to another man. Now, we don't have time right now for the whole backstory on that, but she never married that loser. And what happened was I got married and I figured out very quickly that late nights and smoky bars are cool when you're young and single, not so cool when you're married. So I had to get a job, but back in those days, there was no LinkedIn, there was no career builder, Al Gore had not invented the internet yet. So you would buy a newspaper and you would look in the classifieds or the want ads and that's how you'd find a job. The only job I could find was 100% commission sales, which you can pretty much find everywhere in the world. You could find a 100% commission sales job. Um, I would not be exaggerating to tell you that a sex change would have been more in my comfort zone. But I did it because I had to, you know, because my family has bad habits like wanting to live indoors and eat warm food. So I, I decided to cut off my hair. My hair was 18 inches long in those days. It's as long as yours, Elisa, maybe longer. I don't know. And, and, um, and I got a briefcase and I went to work for the man and I would literally throw up every morning on my way to my first sales call. I was so scared. But I had some good mentors and one of my mentors taught me that long-term success in sales doesn't necessarily come down to product knowledge. It comes down to being able to create sincere and authentic relationships. So I started studying that and um, I ultimately became the top salesperson for four separate companies in four separate industries, including being the top salesperson in the world for an international consulting company in 15 countries. Even though I've said that countless times on stage, Every time that comes out of my mouth, it still surprises me because in my heart, I'm still a piano player. That's what I do, right? But apparently, I had this really successful sales career. And then what happened was in 2003, on Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, LinkedIn was launched. I'm not a computer geek, even though people think I am. They're like, oh, Kevin, you're this internationally recognized social media expert. You must know a lot about computers. And I say, oh, you drive a car. You must know how to fix a transmission. And they go, no, I don't. And I go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really good with computers either. But I got an invitation to get on LinkedIn 60 days after it launched. So I got on LinkedIn and I went, oh, my God, it's a Rolodex. And because I had already accomplished quite a bit in sales, I understood the potential of a Rolodex. So it makes sense that if somebody understands how to use a Rolodex, whether it's online or offline, the phone or LinkedIn, a fax machine or two cans and a string, they're going to be able to do some pretty cool things with a Rolodex. So I started using LinkedIn. It worked very well in my sales process. And I was typically selling to small to mid-sized business owners. And then the business owners started saying to me, Kevin, would you train my salespeople to sell like you do? And would you show them how to use that LinkedIn thingy? And at first I said, I'm not a sales trainer. I'm a sales guy. And they said, well, we'll pay you. And I said, all right, I guess I'm a sales trainer. So I started doing a little bit of sales training and then that it got out of hand. And now for about the last 10, so about 10 years ago, I quit my last corporate sales job. And for about the last 10 years now, I've been kindly asked to speak in about one to two cities per week all around the world. So on any particular day, I could be in Vancouver, Canada. I could be in San Francisco. I could be in Tulsa. I just got booked to speak in Cuba of all places. Go figure. Um, but I, I'm kindly asked to speak all around the world. Some presentations are short, some are all day, multi-day. And I get on my knees every day and I thank God. And I'm truly blessed. I don't take my blessings for granted. Um, I just, I love what I do. And I've been able to help my clients generate hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue 
by basically being high touch in a more and more high tech world. So sorry for the long answer, Elisa, but that's kind of my, that's kind of my story. I love it. And so I'm, I'm going to, um, from an outside perspective, I have to tell you that LinkedIn, I kind of see it as like the bastard stepchild <laughs> because it's not a fun place to be. It's like, it's not Facebook. It's not exciting. It's not, you know, shiny object syndrome. It's more reality. And I think, you know, they're improving it, but it's a really awesome tool. Yeah. And I think it can either be used or it can be abused. And so yes. I would love for you to give my audience three tips on how to one, embrace LinkedIn as their friend, but also how to utilize it to be effective with sales and not just um, think of it as a, a spam robot thing. Yeah. Because that's what I feel like happens to me on LinkedIn a lot is people just spam me with stuff instead of actually using it as a tool. Yeah. And you're completely accurate about that. So let me make a quick comment on the bastard stepchild thing, because I love that. Are you from Jersey? I mean, you talk like, you talk like a Jersey girl, you know? So, so um, you know, a party is a boring bastard stepchild party until Elisa shows up. So when Elisa shows up, now it's a party, right? So I'm going to use that as a metaphor that, yeah, LinkedIn can be a pretty dry, sterile place, but any place is a dry, sterile place until you bring your personality into it. Now, you're totally correct that LinkedIn is not Facebook. It's not Twitter. It's a different animal. But Elisa is Elisa no matter where she goes. So um, it's funny. LinkedIn is older than Facebook and Twitter and but to your point, a lot of people don't realize the potential of LinkedIn. So I've been able to help my clients generate hundreds of millions of dollars using LinkedIn, but because we're using it effectively as a tool, not as a spamming device. So people tell me that I have Kevinisms. I have lines that I say. So I'm going to tell you one of my Kevinisms right now, which is totally in alignment with what you just said. Okay. A communication tool is only as effective as the communication skills of the person using the tool. So you're getting spammed and harassed and stuff on LinkedIn, which is not an indictment on LinkedIn. It's an indictment on the idiots that are spamming you and harassing you. So wouldn't it make sense that if somebody sucks, at inter or as it says in the good book, sucketh, if somebody sucks at interpersonal skills, it really doesn't matter if they're on LinkedIn or Facebook or at a BNI meeting or at the Chamber of Commerce or on a telephone. If you're Hannibal Lecter, before you get on LinkedIn, now you're just Hannibal Lecter on LinkedIn, right? Right. So, so your comment is very, very insightful that, and, and I mentioned this five minutes ago, but let me go back and re-say it a little differently. Prior to 2003, I had already become the top salesperson for four companies in four, in four separate industries, including being the top salesperson in the world for an international consulting company with 350 salespeople in 15 countries. I had already pretty much mastered sales and the art of referral creation. So my business today is 99% by invitation and referral only. I don't do any marketing or advertising. I'm not putting down marketing or advertising. I'm not being cocky, but what I'm saying is validation of what I teach. 
So obviously, if my phone is ringing every day and I'm getting emails saying, Kevin, can we pay you $20,000 to talk for two hours on a cruise ship to Cuba? Apparently, I'm doing something right. Okay. And what I'm doing is I'm not harassing people on LinkedIn. Right. Right. I'm not spamming the crap out of people. What I'm really doing, and this is the answer to your question, Kevin, how do we embrace LinkedIn? Well, first off, we realize that LinkedIn is just another communication tool. It's a very effective communication tool, but LinkedIn is just a variation of the cell phone or two cans and a string or the fax machine. For you young millennials, go Google that, look that one up, okay? So what I teach people to do is improve their communication skills. People look at me and they, they naturally say, Kevin, you're a marketing guru or you're a, you're a social media genius or you're a social selling oracle. And, and these are, I know that they're complimenting me. I mean, they're polite, these are compliments. But then I tell people, I'm really none of those things. What I really am is I'm just a guy that takes a sincere interest in people and doesn't try to shove his tongue down your throat in the first five seconds. Because what we've been trained to do is we've been trained in America to really walk up to strangers and try to kiss them. Now, I'm going to say a couple things that are a little controversial here, but I'm okay with that. Go and for I, it. And by the way, folks, I'm in no way putting down Elisa when I say these things. Elisa has a black belt in marketing. And there's going to be certain things that I'm about to say that are going to sound like I'm throwing marketing people under the bus, but I'm not. Okay. If you look at what most people do in terms of marketing, a lot of it is really just variations of how do we walk up to strangers and try to kiss them. But in reality, if you look at your own life and if you're married or if you have a significant other, when you first met them, I'm predicting that you didn't try to kiss them in the first 30 seconds. You probably just started a conversation. And then that blossomed into, hey, let's go have coffee. Or let's go, let's go to a movie, you know? And then if it blossomed at a certain point, you probably kissed. And then if it blossomed beyond that, maybe it got a little bit more intimate. And then maybe there's children involved, you know? So, so what I'm saying is things follow a natural course. If you look at what most people do for marketing, it is highly unnatural. And that's why they get crappy results. Right. Because they're trying to meet somebody and drag them to the bedroom in, in the first 30 seconds. And what I do, a lot of what my job is, is running around the world and telling people, look, quit trying to drag people to the bedroom in the first 30 seconds. It's not that you don't, it's not that you have a hidden agenda. It's not that you got some weird, you know, alter. No, it's just that be natural, be a little bit more normal. People do business with and refer business to people that they know, like, and trust. Well, when I meet you and five seconds after I meet you, you're hitting me with some sales pitch, that doesn't lead to know, like, trust. What leads to know, like, trust is when you take a sincere and authentic interest in me. So your question is, Kevin, how can people embrace? So for the first part of the answer to your question is this. LinkedIn is the world's largest Rolodex. It just is. 600 million people, two to five new people per second. If you're in business, and by the way, if you're watching this podcast, you're probably in business, it would just make common sense that you would have a LinkedIn profile. Because if you don't, you're basically holding up a sign saying, you know, I'm over here in the witness relocation program. I don't participate in modern communication channels. 
that doesn't lead to no like trust. So the first thing you need to do is make sure you have a LinkedIn profile and make sure that it clearly accurately reflects your credibility and the value that you bring to the table. Most link people's LinkedIn profiles look like crap, but they're not crappy people. They're just making a bad first impression. So you need to make sure it looks good. And then you need to learn how to use LinkedIn to find the people that you would like to do business with. So I, I help individuals and organizations all day long with this. If you said to me, Kevin, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for women over 50 in Tulsa that like line dancing and they went to Rutgers University. I'm using a very weird example to prove a point. I could help you find those people in 30 seconds and I could help you put LinkedIn on autopilot so that anytime somebody else shows up that fits that parameter, LinkedIn will email you and say, hey, Elisa, while you were sleeping, we found three more people, here they are. So when people understand how to use LinkedIn as a lead generation machine, it is truly mind boggling. But before I go too deep down that rabbit hole, did that from a high level answer what you were asking? It definitely did. And I think that's helpful. I'm going to back you up a little bit because I think you have such an in-depth knowledge about sales that it, it's likely coming easy to you now. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with sales. They feel like it's invasive. They feel like they have a hard time creating that no like, and trust because we're inundated in a, in a world that is always coming at you with this, 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 this. And so I don't think natural conversation is really a natural skill anymore. So do you have any tips on like, how do we get back to having normal conversations and really connecting with people and not just like this, you know, <laughs> GRA? <laughs> Yeah, because that's what I, I feel like our, our society as a whole is having a really hard time communicating. We all sit around on our, on our phones. We don't, we're doing selfies. We're, you know, we don't, we don't communicate. And I think we're losing a lot of those communication skills. So if you can just give us some tidbits on, you know, how to actually re-engage and communicate with people. Um, I would agree a hundred percent with what you just said. Um, I'm a big fan of irony and paradox. So I find that the more, we become slaves to technology. Actually, the more in demand what I teach is. And, and, it's, and it's, people look at me, the way that I know that somebody doesn't have a clue what I do for a living is they go, Kevin, what are you gonna do when everybody figures out how to use LinkedIn? And I go, oh, you think this is about LinkedIn? <laughs> this isn't about LinkedIn. This isn't about Facebook. This isn't about Twitter. Those are just tools. This is about the art of conversation. So you're absolutely correct. We are losing, to some degree, the interpersonal skills that you and I just naturally accumulated as a result of growing up in a world where we were not posting selfies every five minutes. Because prior to the invention of the internet, folks, you would actually have to look at somebody when you had a conversation with them, right? And, and you couldn't distract yourself by looking at, at cute, you know, kitten videos on Facebook while you were supposed to be talking to somebody. So the first tip that I would give your listeners is this. Go on Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble and pick up a book written in 1936 by a man named Dale Carnegie. And the book is called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, it's a little bit of a misleading title because sometimes people think that title is manipulative. But the book is not about manipulation. Actually, I think the book has the wrong title. The book should be called How to Get Along with People. That's what it should be called. 
And in the book, there's 30 chapters in the book. And it's a, it's a short little book. But there's 30, and every single chapter covers one tip on how to get along better with people. One of the things that he talks about in the book is taking a sincere interest in other people. So I touched on this five minutes ago. When I first got into sales, I thought sales was used car salesman. But then when I, there, I, there was a fundamental shift that happened in my mind shortly after I got in sales. I stopped looking at so, so much as sales as I started looking at it as relationship building and service. So I started noticing that when I didn't talk so much about my product or service, and again, I'm not pretending that I didn't have a product and service to sell, but when I took more of a sincere interest in the other person, they just naturally started to take more of a sincere interest in me. Now, this is just a function of being a fully rational human being. When we, when we take, when I take a sincere interest in Elisa, and by the way, the key word there is sincere. When I take a sincere interest in Elisa and I listen when she talks, when I listen that she told me before we got on, for the 30 seconds before we got on this podcast, she told me she has two sons. And she told me that her kids are three sons. You said son, so I assume two, but you have three. Okay. You have three sons, my three sons. Um, that's an old show, folks. You might want to Google that. Um, when I know, when I listen that Elisa has three sons and that her family is musically inclined, I was listening while Elisa and I were talking. I wasn't trying to think about what do I say next or how do I make myself look smart to Elisa or impress Elisa. Um, I was sincerely listening. So a lot of what I teach people is how to listen. Well, let me convert that to LinkedIn. When I first got on LinkedIn in 2003, I already had pretty good listening skills. So prior to the invention of LinkedIn, it would take me a while to learn about Elisa because I would have to listen to her. But now if I would just shut my mouth and look at her LinkedIn profile, I'm listening with my eyes. So now all the stuff that it used to take me so long to learn about Elisa, just because we would have to do, you know, normal conversations. When I opened up LinkedIn in 2003, in the first 10 seconds, I went, oh my God, all the things that used to take me six to 12 months to learn about Elisa, just in normal conversations. If I'm smart enough to just read her stupid LinkedIn profile or look at her Facebook page, she's telling me everything I need to know to create a sincere and authentic, now you gotta do this not in a creepy way, right? I don't wanna like, let Elisa know in the first 10 seconds that I know everything, you know, I know her favorite band because I've been digging through, you know, her Facebook page. But what I'm saying folks is we're living in a world now where people are openly disclosing more and more information about themselves. But if you didn't realize that you were in the no like trust business to begin with, it doesn't matter how much people tell you because you're not listening anyway. Does that help? That totally helps. So I have a follow-up question, which is if you have OLB like me, which is old lady brain, it's harder to keep track of all of this. Oh, so how, like, what is your recommendation to, you know, because you meet a lot of people and you talk to a lot of people and you definitely meet and speak and talk to a lot of people, tens of thousands. So, you must have some magical 
tool or key or some way of keeping track of this so that when you run into somebody, you're not like, hey, I know I met you, but I can't remember your name again, let alone what their favorite band is or anything like that. So do you have some kind of advice or tip or tool that you can tell us that helps us track that stuff? Yeah, I do. But let me make a quick, let me make one quick comment on the old lady brain. First off, you're not an old lady. Okay. So you're, you're far from an old lady. So, um, thank you for that. (laughs) But let me make one quick comment on one thing you just said there, which might shock your listeners. Have you ever heard of the concept of the 800 pound elephant in the middle of the room? I have not. You never heard that before? No, but enlighten me. So there's a term, the 800 pound elephant in the middle of the room. And what that means is sometimes in life, there's something that you and I both know is going on, but we're pretending it's not going on. So we're dancing around it, right? So that's, the t- that's sometimes referred to as the 800-pound elephant in the middle of the room that we're all pretending to ignore. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because everything that I speak, train, coach, and consult on falls into one sentence. And the sentence is this. All things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to people that they know, like, and trust. I first heard that from Bob Berg, B-U-R-G, international speaker, great guy. I first heard that from him, so I want to give him the credit. I didn't come up with that. I first heard him say that in 1994. And when I heard that, I said, that makes a lot of sense because it's, it's true as gravity. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. So I said to myself, well, why don't I just become really good? at creating sincere and authentic no-like trust. And that's really what I'm good at, folks. So why am I saying all this? Well, Elisa just made a comment. Elisa just said, when you meet somebody and you can recognize their face, but you don't remember where you, where you met them, you don't want to say to them, I recognize your face, but I don't remember where I met you. Actually, that is exactly what I would say to them. Because that is what a normal human being who's not trying to pretend would say to another normal human being. So I'm, that's the 800-pound elephant in the middle of the room. When I see somebody and I can't remember where I met them, I go, you know what? I recognize you. I know I met you. So have you ever met? So I, I, I meet you at a part. So let me, let me, Elisa, did you ever meet somebody, Elisa, at a party or anywhere, and five seconds after you meet them, you totally forget their name? And now you're trying to remember their name. But so you're not even hearing what they're saying because you're like racking your brain. Oh, crap, I forgot their name, right? And then you're trying to bring somebody else into the conversation so that they'll introduce themselves so they'll say their name. Well, here's what I do when I do that. I meet you somewhere. You tell me your name. Three seconds later, I forget it. And you're just talking. And I go, hey, 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 hey. I am so sorry. Have you ever met somebody in like three seconds after you meet them, you totally forget their name? And, and Elisa goes, yeah, I've done that before. I go, you know what? I, t- I just did that with you. What's your name again? And now you start laughing because it's so honest. Yeah. And you go, Kevin, my name is Elisa. And I go, okay, hang on. Elisa, 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 Elisa. All right, go. <laughs> now we're both laughing and now we're breaking down the barriers. So one of the reasons why I've done very well in sales, this ties into your previous question also, is because I don't bullshit people. I just tell it like it is. I use a little humor and it breaks down the walls because people like dealing with normal people. They don't like dealing with stuffed shirts and let me impress you with my Mont Blanc and oh, look at my Rolex. You know, 
I'm just a normal human being that's just having fun doing what I'm doing. And if that doesn't resonate with you, I guess that's God's way of letting me know I shouldn't work with you. But when there's 7 billion, 8 billion people on earth, I just can't understand when people struggle for, to, to bring on clients. Just start normal, fully functioning, rational human being conversations with people. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question or maybe I'm just going in a couple different directions, but does that help at all? Lisa? It totally helps. And it's very interesting because um, now the world of marketing is moving into authenticity. And that just kind of makes me laugh because those of us that have been authentic all along are like, what do you mean? We've been doing this all along. Yeah. Um, so yes, that was very insightful. And I know um, before we're kind of running out of time, I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, two things. I have kind of a lightning round of questions just so people can get to know more fun stuff about you if you want to do those really quick. And then at the end of that, I want you to be able to, um, to tell people where they can find out more about you and learn more about, you know, your LinkedIn products, the things that you do coaching and training on, and if they would be interested in having you come and speak for their organization. So are we good with that? Okay, so let's just do five of these. I have five little fun questions. Do you have a favorite podcast? Uh, no. Um, you told us your favorite business book. What are three things you do on, you must have do before you start your day? Um, I know that when I wait, I know that my success is not reliant on my product knowledge. My success is reliant on me creating sincere and authentic relationships. So I do not grab my phone in the morning to see what country got invaded and what, you know, building burned down and negative. I read something every day that's positive right out of the gate. So I, I, program my mind for success. Um, so number one, I start my day on a good, on, on a positive way. Um, I sincerely compliment somebody as quickly as I can, whether it's my wife, whether it's my kids, whatever it is. And I then also post something on social media that's uplifting for my community, my tribe. And by the way, those are words I never, ever use. I call them my friends. Yeah. I post something that my friends would find uplifting. So if anybody went and looked at my social media feeds on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, you will see that every morning there's something positive and uplifting and funny to give people a good start to their day. So that's how I start my day. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Before we let you go, I would love for you to tell my people how they can find more about you and where they can find you. Well, thank you, Elisa. Um, I'm, you can't find anything about me. I'm in the Witness Relocation Program, and um, it's been nice talking to you. See you. Now, uh, uh, really, I'm, I, I'm very easy to find. Um, Knebel is five letters, K-N-E-B-L. Could I please buy an, add another vowel? Um, even I misspell it after a couple of glasses of Merlot. So if you go to kevinknebel.com, you can sign up for my free newsletter, which is not a thinly veiled sales pitch, which is what most people's newsletters are. Mine is full of content that will help you. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest. I'm very, very open to connecting with people. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Just, you know, just type my name into Google. You'll find out plenty about me. Um, I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of coaching. If you ever want to discuss that in any way, folks, just I'm a phone call or an email away. I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, and thank you for asking, Elisa. Thank you so much for being here. It has been my utmost pleasure in having you as a guest. And I am um, hoping you'll come back again and tell us more. I would love to. And then maybe sometime I'll come and play that piano that's behind you. I would love that. Come on over. <laughs> I'll dust it. I'll even dust it before you come. <laughs> Thanks, Elisa. Have a great day.
podcasts at www.alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. 